welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Praise God. God is good and He is worthy of it all. God is good and He's worthy of it all. He's certainly worthy of it here in this space. But what happens to us after we leave this space? Is He still worthy of it all? Is He still worthy on Monday and Tuesday? I believe that's when stuff hits again and, and we can't kind of come back to reality. But He is worthy of it all for He is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Let us not allow our circumstances to govern His worthiness because He is above all anyway. So let us not ever forget these words. We come here week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out for some of us. And we learn in this space. But then just like James says, we walk away and we forget what we look like. We forget what we've learnt. We forget what we've been taught. And we go back to our own ways simply because we've not focused on the words of Christ himself. We looked at circumstances, we've looked at our lives and thought, well, where is God in this time? Where is God when I need Him most? I know He's there on Sunday morning because you have limited God to that very Sunday morning expression. But God is worthy of it all. He is worthy when the storms hit. He was asleep, not worried about the circumstances, not phased by the circumstances. In fact, the only thing that woke Jesus up is when his disciples cried out, do you not care that we're about to die? Can you imagine the boat flipping over, Jesus in it, and they're all dead? (laughs) We've forgotten the words of God. As soon as a circumstance hits, a situation hits, a hardship, a tribulation, a trial hits, where is God? Where was God when Jesus was walking along the road to eventually die? Where was he? Do you think he was forgotten about? We're talking about our Jesus. We're talking about the one who is worthy and who makes us worthy. My mind keeps going back to, and God's really been emphasising this over the last, last number of weeks to me. If you think about the time that Israel was held captive in the land of Egypt for over 400 years, and that last hit that God had allowed the firstborn of of all the families there to die and he was going to send a death angel. What did he say? He said, when that death angel sees the blood 
on the posts. He will cover, He will go over. No one will be touched in that house, but only if you are under the covering of the blood. It is not because you are worthy. God did not knock on the door and said, who is in here before I walk over? But he saw the blood and he covered, he went over, not because they were worthy inside, but because he saw the blood that was shed. You and I are covered by the blood of Christ. We are under his covering. We're not under covering of of, of the government. We're not under covering of, of a church, of a leader. We are under the covering of the blood of Christ. What do you fear? Where are you when circumstances hit, when hardships hit? He is the one who makes us worthy. A lot of us take this verse upside down. When it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And we go to the bottom of that verse and think, desires of my heart. Wow. He will give me the desires of my heart because I'm worthy. Forgotten the first part of it that says to delight yourself in the Lord so that your desires become, are his desires. That is why when I pray, I know what to pray because Holy Spirit who resides in me makes me pray the very heart of God. This is why Jesus says, don't worry about what you will eat or drink. Your heavenly Father knows you need them. I'm not sure if one child here has ever said to mum and dad, are we eating tomorrow? I pray we don't. But they know mum, dad will always prepare. I don't need to ask. But our level of prayer, our level of love, our level of depth with God comes to thank you for the daily bread and bless me. And don't forget the desires of my heart. And that's the limit of it. This is why we continually fall because we don't have depth in God. As high as a tree is, you know the roots are even deeper in the ground. This is why as high as a tree can be, it will not fall in the wind because it's got its roots in the ground. And this is where we need to have understanding, experience the love of God. Not just know about it, but experience the love of God. This is what grounds us. This is what makes our our faith in Him deep because our roots are deep in Him. So that when the circumstances hit, when the uh, the, 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 the hardness hits, when the circumstances hit, I am no longer moved by them for my depths in Christ are deep. I know who God is. That is why when somebody says to me, God doesn't love, if God loves all people, what about this and this and this? I know who God is because I've experienced the love of God in my life. You don't, you don't understand it because you don't have any faith in God. Therefore, you are governed by your circumstances but we are governed by Holy Spirit that resides within us. So James says here in James chapter one, verse 22 to 25, to be doers of the word, to be doers of the word, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise you are the one fooling yourself. 
I love the Word of God. It doesn't mince words. There's no ums, there's no ahs, there's no ifs, there's no buts. The Word of God is God manifest. Therefore, he says, for if you listen to the Word and don't obey it, it is like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself, you walk away and you forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. Some of us will read that last part and forget the rest. We always like to look at the blessing part. But there are things that you and I need to understand. You and I need to delve into the Word of God. This is what sustains us. If Jesus used scriptures to defeat the enemy, if he used the scriptures and Satan departed, who are we not to? The blood over the doorposts is what God saw, is what the death angel saw, and he went over. He didn't see you. He didn't see me. He saw the blood. We are covered by the blood of Christ. To all those who have been forgiven of sin, you have been washed because of the shedding, the shed blood of Christ. I am covered. I am his child. I have become a child of God. To all who have received him, he gave the right that they would become children of God. He gives us. It is not anything that I could do or I have done, nothing I could do to please him. But he has done everything. God adopted us. He changed us. He gave us a new name. And he gave us a mission to fulfill. He's given us a calling. Each one that belonged to him, he has given us a calling. And we are meant to walk worthy of that calling. Ephesians 4 says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling. I'll read that part again. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord. I, a prisoner, a prisoner for serving the Lord. Remember these words. Beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourself together with peace. For there is one body, one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. We have been called. He has called us. And therefore, Paul, as a prisoner, he says, writing these words in prison, he is saying, live worthily to the calling. Who would think that if I were to walk the way God wants me to walk, that I would end up in prison? 
It's always, Lord, bless me. I'm working for you. I am doing what you have asked me to do. And yet I'm in prison. I often think, what would Paul have thought? Does not God need me anymore? Have I not done what is right anymore? My ministry is at a standstill at the moment. And we all know what happened. Pastor Matt spoke to it last week. That there was an earthquake. And the very people that needed to hear the gospel were the prisoners and those who were holding them. And the only way that they could possibly hear of the Word of God was if Paul was imprisoned. Paul did not care where he was in order for him to follow God. It may cause you to be in places where it's uncomfortable. It may cause you to be in places where it's not familiar, where we don't like to be. But he says, live, walk according to the calling. None of us are guaranteed bliss, but we are guaranteed that he will not leave us nor forsake us. So even in the midst of your storm, Paul says, do you not know what happened? Do you not know that, that my shadow, I used to walk on the streets and my shadow used to heal people. My handkerchiefs, people would touch it and I would be healed. What, do I, what's, what good is prison for me, God? What good is prison for me? I can't wait to get out of here. You don't need to wait any, any day because every day that God gives you is an opportunity, is an opportunity to share the love of God's love in your hearts. God's love to the people out there in the midst of your circumstances. I think in my words, in my understanding, the greatest that you can ever be is when you are down, when you are out, when you are even sick on your deathbed, that you are able to proclaim the Lord and who He is and what He's done even in the midst of your troubles. This is who our God is. Jesus on the throne, on the cross. Jesus on the cross being abused and hurled abuse and had, you know the story, you know it all. Yet nothing bad came out of his mouth. Yet he loved on people, wanting to see them set free. And every drop of blood was for you and for me. I remember mum the day that she passed to go on to be with the Lord, two years ago now. <clears throat> Mum was very quiet, she was very humble. She was just a prayer warrior. You'd hardly see her, hardly hear her. But she was a warrior for the Lord. Even in the midst of her sickness that went on for about four or five years, not a day went by where she wouldn't be calling others who were sick and praying for them. That day, we'd not seen her for a month. She'd been in, in care and they said that your mum is going to pass away. Said so just at least bring her home. So this was during the time of you know, lockdowns and so forth. We brought her home. The entire family was there. There was also a nurse that was with her. We had worship songs on and every now and then one of the nephews would 
would read the word of God and so forth. And mum couldn't speak, couldn't communicate, had her eyes closed, deep breaths. Yet at each time that the word of God was read, she mustered strength and would raise her hands. Each time that somebody would read a psalm, she would raise her hands. Familiar. Couldn't communicate, but she communicated with God. She knew. And we were all there when she took her last breath. It's quiet. There was no wailing. We knew where she went. Full confidence in the finished work of Christ. But that nurse experienced something there that he himself said with his own words, with his own mouth. I have never experienced such peace. I have done this 15 years and he had never experienced such peace. And he said these words also. She truly has gone to be with God. And this is not somebody that was a believer. But even to the last breath that you could take, you could be of influence for the kingdom of God. So I'm telling you, you do not need to be able-bodied, full here, full everything to be of influence. You could be in prison. You could have a thorn in your side. You could have so many difficult situations and circumstances. You could have been praying for years and years and years for God to deliver you from something. But God will use you regardless. His grace is sufficient for me. His grace is sufficient for me. I don't need to be able-bodied. I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to be out of prison in order for God to use me well. If Jesus said, I can make these rocks cry out. He doesn't need any one of us. He is complete in everything. But He loves us and wants to use us and wants to use you in every situation. Young people at school, at universities, in high schools, God will use you in a mighty way if I just open my heart and say, God, do your will in my life. Because each one of us, not each one of us, each one of us here, God has a script for us. That's what Pastor Matt was talking about last week. There is purpose, there is a destiny, there is a destination, and it's not a place, it is a person. It is Jesus Himself. That is what we are striving for, who we are striving to be like. This is our God-given will for our lives to be imitators of God, that we should be like Him, that when people see us, when people hear us, they see Jesus and they hear Jesus. Not me, not you, but they give glory to the Father through all the things that you bring. God is good. I'm telling you, God is good and He is worthy. God is faithful. God is faithful. He who knew no sin became sin so that you and I would not die for our own sins. We would not be punished. This is why the shed blood was essential because when he sees the blood, you are covered. You are clean. 
You are righteous. We have been made the righteous. We have, no wonder Paul said, I am the worst of the worst. And yet he called me. He called you. Who are we that God, you, would even consider me? That's what the psalmist said. But such is the faithfulness of God. Such is the love of God. I cannot fathom it. Believe me, I cannot. I try and look in the mirror and say, just walk away. I can't. I don't even like myself sometimes. But God is faithful. He is faithful. We get to go to heaven because of what he did. I don't walk into heaven thinking, see how good I was. It's not about me. It's his faithfulness. It's his shed blood. He didn't even knock. He didn't even see who was inside because had he opened, he would have walked away. None of us would survive. None of us would survive. But because of what Jesus did, because of the shed blood, I am clean in him. I am clean in him. Lord, a couple of weeks ago, as you know, I I drive a lot and um, a lot of times I have to stop because there's so many things that God is telling me. I just stop on the side of the road, I get a couple of honks. But, you know, (laughs) if the Lord's talking, don't worry about the honks. As long as we're safe. But I just write and write and write. And, and, and speaking with the Father, I just say, just, just hold on. I can't write that fast. Just wait. I've got so many things. And this is not, this is to share some of it. But all of it's for me. All of it is for me. <clears throat> and he says this, that a lot of times as we are walking in God's ways, walking in the will of God. We can be distracted from fulfilling what God has for us. Let me just write it away. Sorry. I just think we keep going into Pastor Matt's lounge as he says. There is a difference between distractions and interruptions. Distractions is what will stop us from fulfilling the will of the Lord. And each one of us has a will of the Lord for our lives. But interruptions, we get them confused. Interruptions are good. Interruptions are what God has in store for us as we are heading to our destination. How often have we read that as Jesus was going to a particular city or a town or to heal somebody, something else would happen in the vicinity and he would stop and say, who touched me? Or he'd be going to heal somebody and somebody says, no, no, but there is someone else that needs. Interruptions are okay. 
because God does not ever want us to lose sight. Even though I have a will, He doesn't want us to lose sight of the things, the people, the circumstances around us that need His touch in that time. Had He not stopped for that woman, where would she be? But He is making her an elevated example to say, you can interrupt me and I will heed your call. But as to distractions, it is more get behind me, Satan. I have a purpose. I have a mission. Nothing will stop me, but I will be interrupted if God has things for me. My good friend, Gavin, I have learned so much from Gavin. Gavin is a young 23, 24, maybe pushing 75, not sure. But Gavin, as most of you would know, he goes often to Uganda working for the Gideons. And he goes three, four times a year. And we're always in touch, and some of you would know that. And he'd tell us what happened that day or what's going to happen that day. So many times there would be interruptions Him going to a camp where he is meant to deliver a message or get people to sign up and so forth and so forth. He would say, Ehab, it's a a six hour trip. It is torrential rain. There are potholes on the ground that you could not even measure. Pray that we get there. Or there would be times right on the spot where he'd message and say, Ehab, can you please pray? The engine has died in our car. And there were times where he'd send back a message saying, guess what? We prayed, we put our hands on the engine and it was an experience for everybody around them. And this is as you are going to do what you think God wants you to do. God has interrupted that situation because somebody needs to hear a word. So interruptions are okay. Those potholes are okay in your life. I'm I'm going to, to visit somebody. But along the way, God reminds me of somebody else. I'm I'm, I'm heading there. I may be a bit late, but God has something for me to do here. Let us learn from Jesus. You know, Jesus was given, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, so Jesus was primarily given to us to die. But there were three and a half years of interruptions. What we would consider to be interruptions. You know, a lot of the disciples and some of the people of the land thought, you know, when the Messiah comes, we're going to make him a great man and he's going to lead us and we're going to, you know, not be oppressed by the Romans anymore and we're going to have our own, et cetera, et cetera. And you know all these things that we've, we've read about. Had Jesus latched on one of those things and thought, huh, I can make a name for myself. They were the distractions. They were the things that people wanted to be, to be liberated in their town and, and all those things that really don't mean anything in comparison with eternity. But Jesus, along the way to Golgotha, along the way, he had time to speak with the women and say, do not weep for me. We know this now, don't we? Weep for Jerusalem. Weep for your children, your children's children. Jesus sees and he knows all things. But the mission is right in front of him. 
He knows what I need to do. The road may be like this, but I will get there because he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. He who began a good work will bring it to completion. So never, ever worry about those interruptions. Be weary of the distractions. Learn to distinguish between what's distracting you and what the interruptions are. Holy Spirit will give you those. Holy Spirit will give you those things. If I can just ask the prayer team to just uh, do what they know to do right now. There are a few people here that really need to hear what we're about to say now. Some of us have sat in these pews, pews for a long time. For a long time. And we've heard the gospel. And we can recite it. I know the ins and outs of it. But some of you are yet to be covered by the blood. Some of you do not know Jesus as Saviour. You know him here. You know him here. His familiar word. But some of you have not accepted Christ as Saviour. And you've been sitting here for so long. The gospel that was given. The Bible says this in... In Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto everyone who believes. This is not my gospel. It is not the gospel of the church that we come up with. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it has power to change you. It has power to change your circumstances. It has power to change you. So much so that you move from death to life. As Pastor Matt said, this is one of the most beautiful words I've heard and it just makes so much sense. That Jesus did not come into the world to make bad people good, but to make dead people alive. This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. It is powerful. It doesn't matter what you have done. It doesn't matter where you have gone. It doesn't matter your circumstances because I cannot change you, He can because He paid the price for your change. He paid the price for your salvation. The blood that was shed, that was necessary for salvation, He did it. But you may say, Ehab, you have no idea what I've done. You have no idea where I've been. I don't know, I don't need to know. You're not coming to somebody who can change that. But I will lead you to a person that can. Jesus can change. He has the power to change. He is able to change. He is willing. There is no interrogation. There is no let's sit down and you discuss and I discuss. 
anyone who comes to Jesus, He will by no means cast away. What are you waiting for? Who are you waiting for? You wanna go to Muhammad? Good for you. You will not find him other than in the grave. You wanna go to Krishna? He's still there. You wanna go to Buddha? He is still there. But Jesus is alive. This is the reason why we are able to celebrate, to know that Jesus Christ is alive and real today because He is not in His grave. Why are you searching for anyone else? Searching for a man that came, was born and died. Searching for the next fix, which is no fix at all which only binds. Where are you searching? To whom will we go, Lord? Where shall we go? Who has the words of life? Who has the ability, the authority? Who is faithful and just to forgive us our sins? When we confess, with our mouths, believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. Not you may be saved, you are saved. This is our Lord. Let's bow our heads and let's just spend some time. Let's spend some time. Holy Spirit, we ask you, Lord, to do what only you can do what Jesus said that you will do, that you will convict world of their sin, that you remind us of everything that you have commanded. Lord, you are faithful. You are the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Do you know Him? Do you truly know Him? Are you covered under the blood? Are you under Christ? When God sees you, does He see blood all over you? The blood that was shed for you, the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sin of the world. This is who Jesus is. Why are you running? Where are you searching? It is futile outside of God. Futile outside of Christ. Stop running. Come to Him. This is the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, we honour Your presence every single second of our lives. We honour Your presence for You are everywhere. And You are here in this place. Thank You, Lord, that You are searching our hearts right now. Thank You, Holy Spirit, that You are convicting people right now. This is not condemnation, conviction. He is not condemning you, but is convicting you that you would come to Him 
and lay it all before Him. That He would pick you up. That He would cleanse you. That there is purpose for you. There is work to be done in the Name of Christ. Thank you, Lord. If there is anybody, just stand where you are. You don't need to come to the front. Just stand where you are. There's a ton of people praying. We have been praying. We will always pray for you. If there is anyone here that wants their destiny, their destination, their eternal salvation to change, would you stand where you are right now? We will pray with you. team just to stand up right now. Let's help them out. Oh Lord, we thank You for speaking to us today. We thank You, Lord, for the goodness that You have bestowed upon Your children. We are not worthy, but You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy because You are God. There is no one but You. You are the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords. space. So anytime you need prayer, just where you're at, just stand. For whatever reason, God is able. God is able. 